Hey there, Dolce Dining Podcast listeners. It's Miranda. And Pooja. And we are here because I decided, you know what, ladies? I really, really, really deliberately actually want to watch a Bollywood film. First of all, these things are long. They are. And I, I forgot you know, that's the nutty thing is like, I remember being in India and watching a movie with my family in India. And I don't know if that was a Bollywood film or if it was like some other kind of film. But I do remember uh, not caring what's so fucking ever about what's going on on screen. I have my ADHD to thank for that. And then um, there was an intermission and then it was back into the theater. <laughs> Yeah, probably a Bollywood film or in the Bollywood. I know all the different regions have their own Hollywood, mm-hmm. so to speak, depending on the language they speak. So Bollywood is the main one, the one that's spoken in mainstream Hindi that is exported mainly to the world. So Right. So like, why did it take so long? Why did it take me 39 years to deliberately watch a Bollywood film? Well, rejection. That part's over. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling rejected by my community is pretty much it. Like, I just had no interest whatsoever. I um, recall seeing posters of Shadow Khan up on the walls in um, my godparents' daughter's bedrooms. And, like, I would be on the outside of conversations some girls were having about Bollywood films that they loved. Um, Then I ended up having a cousin who was hella all about Bollywood films. And then it just seemed like everyone and their mother understood, you know, what these Bollywood films were, who these actors and actresses are, and what these songs are. And, oh, my God, I love that song. And I was just on the outside it's dirty, rotten, uncultured. <laughs> I think, um, well, we definitely had different experiences with Bollywood. I've mentioned before that my grandfather ran a movie theater in Guyana. And so um, my mother is, well, classic Bollywood is what she grew up with. The uh, heyday, 60s. Well, she was, I'm not going to give her age, but <laughs> she would have grown up watching 70s um, Bollywood films. And I grew up watching the ones in the 80s. And I took a break. I took a break for a long time because we had immigrated and it was harder to see these films because we are of the Caribbean diaspora. So like tapping into the Indian diaspora was harder because you don't know where to search. Right. Mm -hmm. You would seek out Caribbean people first. So um, we took a, a long break in between immigrating to the next Bollywood film I watched. And, um, it happened to be the film we watched today. Uh, well, what we watch today, if I can pronounce it properly, I want to pronounce it the way they sing in the song. Yeah. And then I also want to pronounce it the shitty way. The phonetic way. The, yeah, just like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say it, try to say it correctly. Okay. College try. Kuch, kuch, hotahai. No, kuch, you, kuch, hotahai. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Kuch, kuch, hotahai. Okay. <laughs> I'm new. <laughs> <laughs> so full disclosure, originally um, I had selected for this endeavor, Purb or Pachim, and those of you who know classic Bollywood, that was the Suribanu, um, Manoj Kumar, I think that was his name, um, vehicle where the girl comes from England and back to India and rediscovers her roots, but that is not on streaming, but Kuchkuchotahai is, so... That one also, like I said, got me back into watching Indian movies. And I think that um, kind of coincided with me being part of ISA and in college, my my interest rekindled. But I remember when I first watched this film, I was like, oh, my God, what a difference 10 years makes mm. from not watching them. Because all of a sudden there's cursing, there's shit mm-hmm. said twice in this movie. There is more than twice. More yeah. than, well, I recall. Well, yeah, yeah. OK. And um people were wearing more Western dress than not, Mm -hmm. right? And so, and the dances weren't big Bollywood jingle jingle numbers, you know? They were very, there were, you know, pas de deux in this. And so (laughs) I was like, oh, wow, the genre has been reinvented 
around the same time I am reinventing myself or discovering myself. How coincidental. So that's why we landed on this one. Ah. And everybody kept telling me to freaking watch it. So, like, it was either this or Kabikoshi Kabigam that we were going to watch. We and all have five cousins whose wedding song was Kuchi Kuchi Hotae <laughs> between 1998 and 2001. Right. Uh, I actually did recognize some music, sort of. Yeah. But, again, that was, like, from other people dancing to it or other people playing it or it being just in the culture and maybe in the background of a commercial for all I know or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, I guess let's talk about what this film is. And I want to say spoiler alert, but this is a fucking old movie. So if you're even listening to this and you're like, don't tell me it's been 20 years. Right. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of some quick facts. So this movie was released in October of 1998 mm. Uh, I think worldwide since then, it has grossed $1.4 billion. Mm. Um, it was the highest grossing film for Shah Rukh Khan, I think, in his in the history of his career at the time. And he this was him and Kajol's second film together after the wildly popular Dilawale Humle Jayenge, I think, from 1994. And then they teamed up again with the same director in 2001 for Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum. So um, that's the his, the provenance of this film. That's the director. He had two huge hits with these two actors, and they were coming off being the number one um, pairing and the number one, respectively, male and female box office draws during that time. So that's the scene for this movie. Um, the beginning is set. It's told in flashback, and... Since this is Miranda's first time seeing the movie, I'm going to let her finish the summary. And I've had a few drinks, so this is going to be like, you know, Lion Party Films has drunk Bollywood. I think let's play. Yeah. Um, I'm not that drunk. We could be drunker, but we got stuff to we do. We could be drunker, but we both have stuff to do. Yeah. It's stupid adulthood. <laughs> um. Okay, so there's this... The whole movie opens up with a, a funeral scene. Somebody died. And you find out that um, Rahul, the protagonist in the film, he was losing his wife. His wife was dying of some complications having to do with birth. And he, they had a daughter. And the wife asks the husband, Rahul, to name their daughter, Anjali. And you're like, I mean, I was watching it and I was like, wait, is your name Anjali? No, it's not. What's going on? Hmm. So fast forward. Anjali is this precocious little eight-year-old. And, you know, Rahul is still this too cool dude. He's probably still getting some but he's not remarried yet eight years later. Oh, yeah. Later in the film, we hear he gets a voice message, but come out to party, Rahul. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to assume he's still like a getting playboy. His dick yeah, getting his <laughs> dick wet. Why do I feel weird saying that, talking about a Bollywood film? Because India is so hush, hush, no kissing in public. Well, in this film, like I saw um, Rahul kissing the neck of his wife who died. Um, and, and she was pregnant in the next scene. And then she was pregnant in the next scene. That's how little they want to talk about sex in these films. So we're just going to fill in <laughs> <laughs> our bad <laughs> choice of words. So this is like, okay, the, the kid is now older. She gets a letter from her mom because her mom wrote her letters for her to be read, you know, post-mortem, you know. Can we, okay, first let's, before we go on with the plot, I gotta say, we need to, if you've never seen a Bollywood film before, you need to suspend laws of physics, science, <laughs> medicine, time. logic, time, time, <laughs> all of them. This time space continuum yeah. just doesn't. Because this montage of Tina, the dying mother, within that span, she made her amends, her husband argued with the doctor. They had a fight. She wrote eight long ass letters to her daughter 
for each one to be given on her birthday. Mind you, the daughter won't be able to read at age one through maybe four. So we don't know why she much bothered. later read them much yeah. later. Yeah. So maybe she just wrote four letters. Mm. But while she was massively bleeding internally and instead of getting surgery, she was doing these things. Mm. And her makeup. I mean, she just still looked beautiful. And I'm just like, how are you not writhing in pain? Um, but it reminds me of operas where like in uh, La Boheme, Mimi is like dying of tuberculosis and yet she is singing these gorgeous floating soprano notes. I'm like, girl, breath's, your breath control is on point for you coughing blood at the same time. Yeah. Get it, Mimi. Yeah. Yeah. So like people, <laughs> people get, people are productive in their death. Yeah. I won't even manage that this whole week. Yeah. <laughs> people are more productive in their death than I am in real life over long periods of time. So, uh, yeah, that just the drama. So she finds out this letter that there was her mom, her dad, and this girl named Anjali. And you see that Anjali is this completely unsalvageable tomboy who's in love with Rahul, but Rahul's in love with Tina, who is like your Kelly Kapowski. We realize this is just like saved by the bell. This is Zach Morris, who's in love with Kelly Kapowski, and... Lady uh, Screech. And <laughs> Anjali is Lady Screech. She is Lady Screech. <laughs> I don't know if those bangs were a purposeful choice just to add to the nerdiness. Or that was a wig. That th- was a terrible wig. Really bad wig. And like they put the worst clothes on her. Sometimes she was all right, but like sporty, but like the worst clothes on her and she was just doing too much the whole time the whole time it was like it was the classic i am in love with my best friend but i realized too late when they're in love with somebody else and i'm gonna be a martyr about it that was essentially (laughs) the gist of that final letter to an eight-year-old yes (laughs) this eight-year-old got all this and what's really really funny is like this letter went went on for a really long time because there was a dance through intermission yeah there was a dance scene several <laughs> like, and i was like wow all of this in one letter one letter she wrote all of this while hemorrhaging inside <laughs> while dying yeah she <laughs> disclosed the amount of people in the background now hold on she might have had some morphine which explains the um blips in the time space continuum yeah suspend your beliefs and all you know yeah i just (laughs) think that might have been it the morphine yeah she was on the hospital bed yeah because when anjali was born she was also six months old yeah (laughs) lady died for six months (laughs) we have to move on because we could um go on a tangent but so then this girl in the letter is told i think your dad needs to find love find anjali get your dad to be in love with Anjali. And here's the thing. What if Anjali was married and had children already? You mentioned this, Pooja. Would this little girl have been like, I'm going to fuck up your shit? It's like, okay, so Tina is a bitch because she's like, I've been dead eight years, and now you can go ahead and, and go back and get married. Now you can go. My daughter has been raised by her grandmother for eight years. And also, I don't care what that bitch got going on. I know her. So you can fuck her and I'll be okay in my grave. Like, <laughs> and so also weird to tell an eight year old that, but uh. also, but also it's like, nah, Anjali was such a toad. She's still single girl. Go get your dad this toad. Uh. Like <laughs> she'd been dead for eight years. As long as she knew Anjali was a bad wig, like, and a unibrow. That's all she remembered about Anjali. So none of this makes sense, but it was the number one movie. <laughs> For like four years. So she finds out through like really, I don't know. Identity theft? Yeah. And like stalker like um, methodologies. Yeah. Because coincidentally, Tina's dad was the principal of a college. And Tina came back. How she met Rahul was she came back from Oxford Mm -hmm. to finish at a no-name Indian university. Mm -hmm. And um, her dad was the principal. So Anjali, the younger, went ahead and contacted her grandfather and asked to commit some light crimes. Yeah, just to to get her where her location was, all that stuff. Only childs get away with everything. And the girl, like, we'll get into that, but there's there's some 
interesting shit that went down right at that moment they were at the college. Like religion flipping and shit. And so, <laughs> oh, this Hinduism just not working. I, I need to go do some Muslim praying and, mm. you know, um, I need to do some Islamic prayers and 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 see where this turns out. This it, I, <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention, but I feel like I need to go back and see if um, she was even facing the same direction as the other woman who was praying beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just an eight year old sat there whose mother is very Hindu, very religious, and they pray every day puja every morning. And so she knew how to tie her head in a hijab and do the Muslim prayer. Right. So like, okay, more power to you, girl. If the, if you're all about whatever, like Life of Pi, that kid in Life of Pi was like trying out all the religions, remember? So like if she's like that, cool. But then again, mom might have been on some morphine. Tina's fever dream is all over the place. And we are assuming this is a fever dream because this is just kind of crazy. It's the only way the rest of this This movie makes sense. This movie is nuts. Like, you must be delusional. Yeah. And dreaming this, and we're not actually seeing something that took place. This is just all those colors. Sorry, you got to be on some kind of drugs to see those colors. It was just, like, very colorful. A lot of neon green. Uh, A lot of, yeah. So, like, okay. Um, So they end up finding out that Anjali, the adult is part of a staff at a at a camp and the kid calls and finds out that she is at this camp she wants to be at this camp and there's all these moments of like passing in the rahul going you're not gonna and you're not going to that camp and it was just kind of like okay that's the really intense man you're not here so right like, You're away at business, and her grandmother said she'd go. Yeah, so like I don't understand the how angry he got, but whatever. And so then you find out that Anjali is actually engaged to be married to this guy, Aman, who is played by Salman Khan. And he's actually the better looking one of the two. I don't understand this casting. And his and he and at the end, we all saw it was special appearance. So it was a cameo. Yeah, it was like big letters. Like this was a cameo. Yeah, I feel like it was a little more than that. But which makes me wonder, like, if in his contract, he's like, if I star in a movie, if I get, if I am the co-star, I get the girl. But anyway, but I'm making or that up. making money. It, who knows? Yeah, who knows? But we don't know anything about that guy. Yeah, <laughs> but also his name is Aman, and Aman is like protector, like warrior, uh-huh. safety. And so I feel like they were setting it up for like, this is the safe choice, uh-huh. the one that will protect you. And the other time we see Aman, he's just hanging out with her mama, just like, ladies, gentlemen, am I wrong? <laughs> Do you not want your partner to get along with your parents? Like, to like, the point that they were chumming. Like, yeah. they were so chummy. Yeah, like they could hang out alone and you don't have to be there. <laughs> like, you but know? again, if this is a fever dream, it could just be... A figment of her imagination. Yeah. What she know Anjali's mama look like anyway? Yeah, you know, well, Anjali deserves a good looking man, right? After all that shit she went through that she was doing too much. So this is, okay, so we're, long story short, there's a must stop the wedding scene, you know, um, where Rahul and family, they must, you know, come in and say, Hey, we're happy for you, blah. But then she's like, I don't want to marry this gorgeous man who loves my mom. I, I want this other guy. And then who took the time to woo me? They said it twice. He was like, it took a long time for her to agree to, to marry me. So that means he put in time and effort to make supposedly, let's be real, we're talking to Indian men, um, to make her feel comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Or at least make the family feel comfortable around him. We have no indication that he has a family. So, again, he's meeting two of Pooja's criteria. Hang out with my mom. Mm. Be an orphan. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, eventually she ends up with Rahul. They're at a wedding where she left her to be, you know, her betrothed. Uh, she dumped him at the altar, the, for lack of better terms. Temp, you know, I don't know what the temple term is, but... No, same thing. Same thing. Just dumped him at the altar and then 
Rahul's like, Mosey passed the on. I might as well. You want to do this now? All this stuff is here. Let's get married. And so it ends with them getting married. And <laughs> Amon is even just cool with it. He's just still there and be like, congrats, you guys. And it was just like, what? This is not how this would go down. Oh my God. Especially since... The whole reason her and Aman couldn't get married until December was because of their horoscopes, right? They didn't match. So then she comes back from that Shimla camp where, again, Rahu, like, showed up because his daughter manipulated everything to make him show up. And she was like, oh, my bosom. And he was like, oh, my dick. <laughs> and so she's like, I can't marry Aman. And, and. <laughs> oh, my bosom. Oh, my oh, dick. My dick. <laughs> that is. Because her bosom heaved a lot. There, and, and, and her sari, like the, uh, the palo, like the wind blew yes. it forward and off of her body because she wasn't using any safety pins. At all. At like, all. honey. Yeah. Honey. And that's a velvet blouse, too. Like, what? Around children. And, and in a hot summer camp? Like, really, girl? Oh, thank you. Come so, on. Come on. Yeah. Okay. You so, used to so, wear overalls. And then it was just like, boobs. And he was like, <gasps> And then he boobs. was like, here are my nipples in a see-through shirt. <laughs> Again, around children. <laughs> But anyway, so she was like shook. Homegirl got shook. And she's like, Amon, take me home. And she gets home. She's like, Mama, get me married. And so the wedding that was supposed to be in December, they were like, okay, it has to happen now at midnight. This is when your horoscopes match. And so for the fact that Rahul comes in to kidnap her, and their horoscopes matched like perfectly. Mm. I need to see that for me to believe yeah. <laughs> that this mother that, you know, let everything weigh on the horoscopes was just like, no, nah, go ahead, do it tonight. Everybody here. And again, Amon ain't got no family. So it was just her family. Right. Yeah. So if you were his cousin, you'd be like, the fuck? Let me take my earrings. I've got pounds and pounds of jewelry on, too. One second. Let me take this off. I'm going to fight you. That's what you need to... Yeah, that's what you would have done if you were there. Yeah, bitch, give me my grandma's bangles back now. Yes. <laughs> you know? And the and the ring. And the ring. Now. And the ring. Now. Give yeah, me the ring. That sorry belt that we gave you, now. <laughs> that, that shit could be a down payment on a house. Yeah. Hand it over. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Yeah. You guys can have each other with naked fingers. So we've kind of spoiled our reaction to the movie and how we've <laughs> described it. Not totally. Um, <laughs> Not totally. I, I think that for the sake of time, because I think we could go on about this film, I got to say, at, at first when I was, like, watching the film... I was like, uh, I had the same feelings about watching this film that I did when I was a kid. I was just like, I do not feel, even though I was like, Hey guys, let's watch a Bollywood film. I want to tap into my culture. I want to like, I don't know, understand what it, the fucking big deal is and just like watch a Bollywood film and just dig. Right. And so I had the same childlike feelings of like, uh, this is the culture that rejects me. And, and, and that I had to take it like a little while to be like, uh, fucking just keep watching, just keep watching, just keep watching. <laughs> and by the time intermission was, oh, you know, here, I was like, I must find out what's going to happen. I am hooked. What's happening? Little girl, what you going to do? Anjali, what do you look like? Rahul, you deserve no one, but you, <laughs> you're going to end up with somebody who, what's going on. So I, I, I did a complete 180 within the first half of this film. And then I was hooked and I had to watch the rest of it. I, um, I think my reaction to this, the first time I watched it, I remember crying at the end of the movie when her mo ghost mother walked by. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Oh. she did it for her mama. I remember bawling. And now I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> this movie does not hold up at all. <laughs> at all. Not only... Not only is it like men doing the bare fucking minimum, uh -huh. it's directed in the sense where, and I was telling you, Miranda, in the final scene, it's like Rahul 
saw okay first of all you should not have left almond this was the worst decision this of your was life. a terrible decision almond saw that you were in pain and he realized that you did not you never looked at him with love in your eyes he comes up to you while you're around the women of your family and takes your hand and gives you to another man because he just wants to see you happy and what is shoulder pads rahul khanna doing during this crying and not moving, but ear hustling, every single thing. And in the end, even though Amun brought her halfway to, to the halfway point to meet Rahul, Rahul stood there and let Anjali walk the rest of the way to him. Like, you just broke up her wedding and you couldn't make the move to move towards her? She had, you rejected her first of all. Fuck him. Yeah, You're right. Rahul, you deserve nobody. Nobody. Your daughter should leave you for being messy. <laughs> Find that lady who wanted you to get your yeah. dick wet. How like, did your place get so messy so quick is my question. Like, women leave the house and a tornado hit it. And that's just like the stereotype of men are just messy. We need women to do the chores. So there, there were obvious patriarchal tropes throughout and i think any film you any like romance film you watch in the 90s period then not many of them are feminist and probably damn near none of them pass the bechdel test but i just you know we (laughs) rahul you deserve no one you deserve No no one get your shit together yeah grieve your wife appropriately and i don't know there read, was the, read a Rebecca Traster book or something. I don't know. There was a scene in the beginning where the eight-year-old daughter is like, stop treating me like your wife, right? But this is after she had read that letter and she's like, I need to manipulate everybody into getting these two people hooked up. <laughs> so she was like, stop treating me like your wife. And he's like, well, if I can be your mother and father, why can't you be? And I'm like, he didn't finish that sentence, but I'm like, yeah, let's not go there. Mm. <laughs> that is uncomfortable. Rahul, you deserve no one. You deserve no one. So I thought we could come up with a list, five each, of our favorite what the fuck moments from okay. this film. And, okay. you know, we, we took notes, listeners, because yes. why wouldn't we? Yes. <laughs> we couldn't do this like Mystery Science Theater 3000 style, although that is in the cards. We're eventually going to do that with people, just like some live commentary of Bollywood films. I think it would be funny. <sighs> we'll see how that goes. But I want to just talk about my top five, probably okay. my top five what the fuck moments. Yes. Um, there is a, let's start with, you know, the scene in college opens up with a principal yelling at the girls, no short skirts, no short skirts. So there's this, like, obviously this is not about men, you know, making sure men keep themselves in control. It's about controlling women. So I'm like, oh, cool, cool. Um, and then there's this teacher walks, she walks by and she's always wearing a short skirt suit. And I forgot what her name is. It's like, it's not Bazinga. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you think. Braganza. Okay, so every time Ms. Braganza comes in, there's a song of her name that comes in with her. It's like, Miss Burganza. And wind softly blows. And wind blows in her hair. And you can always see enough of a shot of her body where you can see how short her skirt is. And she's always wooing the principal. And she is always where he is, like a stalker. Like, the principal was at his home trying to go up a ladder because Rahul, you know, the principal's daughter is Rahul's wife that died. So they're doing a flashback of their time in college. And, you know, Rahul's already gone, but the ladder was still there. So the principal was going up the ladder. The dad was going up the ladder. And Miss, not Miss Bazinga, what is it? Braganza. Braganza. Miss Miss Berganza goes by, and I don't know if the song played then. Miss Berganza. <laughs> Just like, why are you there? Like, why are you at night walking by this man's house, lady? In what looks like a slip and a robe. Yes. A silk robe. Why are you, why are you here? And this happens throughout the film. Like, later, and then later. Like, the wedding. What are you doing here, Miss Berganza? Also, 
it's like, how did they all show up to a last minute wedding, Miss Braganza? And if you're going to invite Miss Braganza, why don't you invite Mr. Malachi? Never mind. I realize that's Tina's dad. Never okay. mind. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. I just like, and she had a sexy gray streak in her hair at the end. No, Miss Braganza. I guess. Okay. What's your second one? Okay. Well, Miss Braganza was like up there. Like, what are you doing here? Um, uh, this could also be because of the uh, fever dream that we think that <laughs> Tina was having before she died. But costume changes during um, song dance sequences. Can we like talk about that? That's normal. But yes, do go off because oh, it was a little bit ridiculous. It was here. so ridiculous. <laughs> like, okay, one, 30 seconds later, two, 30 seconds later. Three? We're not even near the end of the song. Like, and and for whatever reason, like there was a purpose behind some of the costume changes because it was like a, a song and dance in the beginning where the guys were playing some sports and they were in sports gear. And then they're all riding bikes and the guys are still in their sports gear, except you know, Anjali and her crew is in these red shirts with white collars and white sleeves and <laughs> Pooja, I think you said out loud, what was your thing? What were you doing? What is the purpose to this costume change? What was the scene cut? What Were they playing table tennis? Was it table tennis? <laughs> That's the only thing that would make sense. Like, And then how into this table tennis are you getting? Like to the point of being able to be in a song and dance sequence. So like... Then they just keep going, and then they're like, "Hey guys, let's go to Goa." And I'm like, "How did you get to Goa so fast?" And it's, there was a bus. There was a bus, but also just behind the scenes, this part of the film was filmed in Mauritius, so you ain't going to Goa from Mauritius. So, yeah, like, how did you by bus? By bus. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like, okay, so then. The costume changes there and the time space continuum blip there. Uh, Then they they were in Ireland? Scotland. Scotland. They were in Scotland. Yeah. And I was like, nowhere in India looks like that. Also costume changes. Like, was it, is it a new day? Like, (laughs) did you, how did, how are you wearing different clothes now? Like, and so I, I was just like. If this was, no, not if this was on a stage, because stages can do costume changes within one song. They do it all the time. But like, this is ridiculous. There's no rhyme or reason. And you were talking, you you were saying earlier, Pucha, like the song is meant to drive the plot forward. And as you said that, I was like, what's happening right now then? Like, what's going on? Nothing's being advanced. This is just. You just know multiple days have passed because they've changed clothes. This is gratuitous. <laughs> yes, this is very gratuitous. And then just. So so there was that. There was Miss Berganza. There was the, like. There was the, the, the costume changes and the, the blip in the time space continuum. Can we talk about how dorky they made Anjali? Oh, yeah. I was so uncomfortable. It was like she was, mm, what is the American equivalent to this? It's not, who was a tomboy in shit growing up? It wasn't Topanga. It was not, it was like Punky Brewster. But Punky Brewster still had girly style. Like she still sparkled. Okay. I just can't describe what they were trying to accomplish. Like a character from Barney the fucking dinosaur. Or like Recess. Yeah, you know what she was? She was Blue's Clues. That's the sex appeal Anjali had. <laughs> yes. Was Steve from Blue's Clues. Yes, she's female Steve from Blue's Clues. Yeah, and she's it was, for Steve. And and just, I just, like, okay, this is a beautiful woman. And y'all are trying so hard to make her, like, dorkified. Yeah, it's like the equivalent to putting on glasses in Amer- in Western media to be the ugly plain girl now they put a bad wig on her an equally bad headband to hide the bad wig and overalls baggy baggy overalls and then it was like you're a tomboy you don't have feelings and so like there was there was a scene where Anjali dresses up 
decides to look as girly as Tina and she just misses the mark. Wrong shade of pink lipstick. Although she could work that if she worked it. You know what I'm saying? I just got to stick up for Caribbean woman here. As a Caribbean woman, that outfit was not terrible. Yeah. Okay. Like it's standard. Like that was, that was a fine outfit. It was. <laughs> And they were all laughing at her because she wasn't her usual tomboy self. And then it was like, "Is are we watching bullying right now? Like, are y'all bullying her? And it was just kind of uh, like she was just trying to be seen as girly. And it reminded me of when I was 18. I was pretty tomboyish, you know, growing up. And I did not have enough female influences in my life. And it wasn't until I was like 18 to 22 where I had friends actually take me shopping. I learned how to even shop for a bra because I never had that conversation with my mom. It was just like getting the closest thing, I suppose. But I had friends introduce me to V-necks and push-up bras and I could actually, and it still just didn't translate well because I didn't understand how to use makeup, Mm -hmm. didn't really know how to do my hair. Um, That I figured out over time, but it was just really, I totally understand the trying to be societally, attempting to be societally attract, like acceptable, attractive. Yeah. And I and and missing it, missing that mark. I was like, okay, that was me. Except <laughs> she still looks great. Like yeah. I don't understand. I don't get it. She was dressed for the beach and not class. That was the only and, thing. And it was just like, uh, the, the way they tried to dork her up was like, and, and make her a tomboy. And then like within the story, like, you're a tomboy. Nobody loves you. <laughs> and it was just like that the whole time. And that is the catalyst for the most, the most famous scene from this movie is that bench scene that follows. And so what happens is Rahul the dick is laughing so hard he starts to fucking cry. And so um, Anjali runs away and Tina follows because Tina Tina at this point realizes Anjali's in love with her, confronted her about it. Anjali lied um, or hid the truth or whatever. But Tina knows. And so Tina's like her, she's kind of sad for her. So she runs after her to tell her she's beautiful. And then Rahul shows up. And he's giving Anjali a hug. And so Tina walks away and he grabs Tina by the wrist. And that is the most famous scene or image of this movie. Yeah. Was it on posters and stuff? Well, I don't think so. I think once people saw the movie, they uh-huh. were like, oh, my God, it represents everything. I'm like, Rahul's a dick. <laughs> Depends on how evolved you are. But um, anyway, it's just OK. There, that was three. How about. Friendship equals sex. Oh, God. If Okay, so there's the there's friendship bracelets. And there was this scene where Rahul wanted to give, and in the college, the, the men are giving friendship bracelets away. And I'm like, what does this even mean? And there's like a song and dance, and they're like, friendship. And it was just like, I'm so confused about this right now. Because as we mentioned... Rahul kissed his wife on the neck and then there was a baby. They really glossed over the whole sex thing, right? Yeah. So Rahul wants to give Tina a friendship bracelet and she said, friendship is a far thought. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> they, you can't be friends? They did give Tina a couple lines where she was just like, you thought, you know, she was like, try harder, basically. But I mean... She fell for him with his limited effort (laughs) in the end anyway. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, okay, so when you meet a person, it's not friendship. And friendship is I want something more. And if I want something more is what it is. So I'm trying to find the U.S. equivalent of these things. Like friendship equals I want something more is I want something more a marriage proposal? <sighs> it, or is friendship lead to marriage proposal? Does I want something more mean let's go bone? Or like... Well, I don't know. The, his stupid fucking life motto is love is friendship. So I don't know what he means. <laughs> I don't understand any of that. I don't understand any of it. <laughs> and like, okay, so I'm... I, I just don't understand. Women went to bed thinking, I want a Rahul Khanna. No, you don't. No, you probably got you one. don't. <laughs> Whatever fool you got right now, that is a Rahul Khanna. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I'm so happy to be single. Anyway, <laughs> so um, I just kind of like, what? what is this world? This is so wacky. Like, you, friendship is a far thought. What? Oh you can't God. be friends? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> so, just, like, have you... Are, are, they just did a whole song about friendship. It's not that hard. Yeah. And then, so, so there's that. And that was, I don't know, I've lost count of everything already. But um, can, I, can we talk about the cool necklace? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Iconic. So, Iconic. Rahul, Shah Rukh Khan's character, Rahul, wears this necklace. It's a dog chain. It's a dog chain that has letters on it that spell cool. But the letters straight up look like earrings just attached within the links of this dog collar uh-huh. that he's wearing. You know, it's a silver chain dog collar. And so um, he wore it all movie until he grew up. And then, then he just wore shoulder pads. Then <laughs> so the, the chain necklace that says cool turned into shoulder pads. There were so many shoulder pads in it's this like, movie. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she gestured both of her shoulders. Um, yeah, and it would have been fine if he was just wearing that fugly necklace. It would have been fine. But then he referred to it in the film dialogue, and he was like, "I'm cool," and I was like, "Yeah, my necklace." Cringe, <laughs> just cringing. Did not like that choice. Yeah, it's like it's cool. I'm cool, man. Not into it. And okay, um, I, I want to say those are my five. Like, um, I we could go on and on and on and on about the Hinglish that happened. And I'm like, why do you make that choice to speak English at this one moment? Is there not an equivalent? Or is that just like a, there's no equivalent for the slang? Or what are your thoughts on that? Um, I like, the again, when I first watched this movie as a 19-year-old, I was like, um, the, the English I love. Because I couldn't understand straight-up Hindi films when I was growing up. So this I could kind of follow along, given the context. So it helped me. Um, a little bit, but yeah, there is, it's trying too hard, dude, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. The whole, like the endless dude exchange was like, where are you getting this? So, okay. Did so, they watch Bill and Ted's and think that's it? I feel like things like that were put in to, um, attract overseas Viewers. Maybe, yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh, we're westernizing. We say dude instead of paya, <laughs> you know? And so cool, dude. Um, so Alas. Okay. Yeah. So I have a couple things I wanted to bring up. This movie has the best basketball sequence <laughs> you will ever see between a man and a woman in the country of India ever. Point one. Point two. Um... <laughs> I didn't really like the portrayal of everybody who wasn't a Hindu, a mainstream Hindu in this movie. And we're going to talk about it later in a later episode about the rise of the BJP and the RSS. And we've done it before. But watching this movie from 20 years ago, 21 years ago, Mm -hmm. it is not hard to see how India became non-secular. This movie is so fucking pro-Hindu. It's kind of grosses me out and I never really thought about it before how at the beginning of every Bollywood film in a secular nation the license and then the opening credit is always of like Sashutima. and so very Hindu things you know bless this movie bless the people bless the cast whatever huh. so the instances I'm specifically speaking of are the when he's the fat Rahul and um, Darima are in the audience watching that painful painful competition oral essay competition with these children. The talent, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand. There was a a sick guy sitting behind him and he was with a turban and he was just very annoying. Yeah. Right. And so it's like he's the only sick representation. The other one is the little boy at the camp and he doesn't speak except for the end. Right. And then there is um, Rifat B., who is the um, door mother. And one Muslim. The one Muslim woman. And she was naggy. And she taught them about sex when they asked. Like, she had conversations. So it's like, here's the Muslim woman, and she's, 
you know, hot to trot, you know? And so, and then, um, there was some, one other one. Oh, and just all the overt Hinduism in the movie. Like the grandmother was very religious. There was a part where they asked, um, Tina, who was born and bred in London, um, moves back to India. And so they haze her and they're like, sing a song in Hindi. And she sings the mother. I'm not going to curse. Before I say this, she sings the Arti, Om Jai Jagajish. You know, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Everybody stops. And that's when Rahul was like, boyoyoing. Boyoyoing. <laughs> He's like, she religious. Religious songs. He wants a Mary Mother of God in the streets and a Mary Magdalene in the sheets. Dang. So, um, all right. And so the other one I had was the homages to Western movies. Like, the very first Diwana movie, the Diwana song, you know, she's crazy, he's crazy. Uh, big musical number is very much Summer Lovin' from Greece with the boys versus girls. 100%. The little girl is either Annabelle the doll or she's recreating the parent trap in her little machinations. Yes. And then there was one more West Side Story, like oh, the, yeah, the, the snapping, snapping and the circular. Yeah, that was a mess. So there were those <laughs> things. And I will say the one thing that does hold up and I did like was there was a character in this movie, the head of the summer camp, who was an Anglophile. Like he raised the British flag and he worshipped the queen. He called her mummy. Uh, it was a picture of Queen Elizabeth the first. Yeah, <laughs> right? that was hilarious. And so the grandmother comes and she's like, have you no shame to raise a British flag in this country? Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, my grandfather, my father was a tailor during the occupation. He made this flag. And she's like, and what? And yeah. so her personal mission was to turn that into a, a, a religious camp when it was a secular fun time. So those were the, the I think there was the four. Those are the things I picked up this time around. Um, There was uh. There were certain elements of the film that I particularly enjoyed where you know the filmmakers just had to make a decision that they couldn't reshoot this one scene. There was like a little girl picking her nose in the background. Oh my God, Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> Give her because like the two characters like they were trying to advance the idea that these two characters were in love and this girl is just in the back picking her nose and like making a stink face and i'm like you i like you she picked her <laughs> nose and then clearly picked a wedgie with the same hand and we stand an efficient queen <laughs> it's just her face her face was like this is boring yeah yeah so cute. Oh my gosh. All those kids are in their 20s. Now. Yeah, they're or 30s actually. Uh, and so um I did I do love watching kids dance. I think they're super cute in this film. Um, but it was just really funny. Just little things. Like when the guys were dancing in the crazy song, you said, Is that crotch hair? <laughs> their shorts were so short. Their shorts were so short. And and Maybe it was the light. Maybe the cameraman was under the <clears throat> maybe the cameraman was under the sun and couldn't see this, but there is definitely Kuch <laughs> Kuchotahe? Some something going on in there. Very clever, Pooja. Very clever. I use I use the limited Hindi I know for puns. <laughs> um I feel as though we covered everything we wanted to talk about, you know, there were tons of product placement. And when you're in the like late nineties, you see, um, there, I saw a lot of Western brands like Adidas. We saw Pepsi, we Polo. saw Polo sport, we saw Speedo and it, uh, they had a lot of food in there as well. I feel like. And so, um, you know, between that and, like, what? Is this erotic dancing happening in front of children? Kind of like, okay. Oh, my gosh. And you lost this basketball game. You're officially a marriageable woman. Yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> it was just, and use a safety pin on your sorry. Like, you, like. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking, like, what? Other than the, the anti-Anglophile storyline in this movie. What about it is redeeming? Um. <laughs> the disparity in beauty between the men and the women, we were going to talk about that. Like the women are just far and away tons more gorgeous where it seems like the men, even though they have handsome qualities, they're trying to do like this farce of a westernized man versus 
None of their suits are tailored. And it was just like, it was like, uh, like now obviously things in Bali would have caught up. Like you were saying. Now they all wear skinny jeans. Now, um, (coughs) now apparently the bros are looking good in the Bollywood films these days. And somebody fixed some shit is pretty much it. Yeah. Oh, you know, the internet, Facebook, people probably get it now, you know. Yeah. Women all over the world were like, look, we couldn't stop watching this if you got nothing for us to do you know (laughs) yeah so i think my the way i land on this movie after rewatching it is that it does not hold up i've said that before but also i think how it does hold up is it is a time capsule of the time this movie Mm -hmm. was made it was when bali was becoming more western they were doing the product placement like you said the new era of filmmaking right Mm -hmm. how you fund the film um and it was the first of karan johar and he, you know, he came back with Cubby Cushy Cubby Gum with the same actors and so set his legacy up. So I think the film did things, mm-hmm. but it also is very forgettable. As we were watching this movie, I told Maureen, I'm like, I forgot how the fuck this movie ends. Yeah, I you know, it's, you it's like very anticlimactic, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why I guess Salman Khan was like, I cameoed in this. This do not. Put <laughs> no, no, no. Um, oh, we were saying that Salman Khan looks like BJ Novak and. Yeah. And we're like, hmm. hmm. Mindy hmm. Kaling wants her some Salman Khan. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's hot. that's the story we made. That's up. the conclusion we jumped to and yeah, we got we did. you know, four hundred calories burned from that cardio. Yeah. So. <laughs> we're gonna be doing it again. Oh, we will. And I I have to say this was really fun for my first deliberate decision made Bollywood watching experience. There's going to be more and we might bring in some more friends and just you know, Pooja, thank you for like making this amazing food. We had chicken tikka pizza. Yeah. And we also had these amazing salads. We had this chana dal. Mini samosas. Mini samosas. Thank you, Patella Brothers. And we had um, mango. No ad. Say what? <laughs> no ad. No ad. Oh, yeah. And Miranda made these amazing mango martinis. Some mango drinks of sorts. There was champagne. There was Prosecco, Prosecco. and vodka mm-hmm. in it. And mango puree. Fresh mango. Fresh mango puree. That is true. Yeah. And so we had like an experience. We did. So um, this was a lot of fun. I hope... Um, if you haven't watched it, we haven't ruined it for you. Yeah. I think next time what we'll do is we'll go see a modern movie in the theater. Yes. Because they're shorter. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're shorter now. Yes. I think that with, now it's time to go 20 years in the future, see where Bollywood is not now, and do this again. Yeah. With also Indian food. Yes. Um, do you love this movie? What movies do you suggest we watch? Talk to us. And until then, this has been Miranda. And Pooja. With the Jilted Indian Podcast. We came with love and courage and hope you go with peace and power. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.